Hello and welcome back to Mind Menu. So today we're just going to dive right in. I'm talking about the dangers of social media and so I'm going to fill up your plate with some information, some food for thought that I have collected in my notes that I mention all the time. I'm just proud of my notes. Um, okay, so yes, let's just dive right in. Okay, so we all know that social media has, you know, good and bad aspects, and so I'm not going to really talk about the things that maybe are more popular to talk about. I sort of want to dive into the more unpopular effects of social media that aren't really discussed as often as maybe we would like to see them be discussed, or at least... Um, mentioned once in a while. So I made a list of things that I thought were effects, negative effects, that were not necessarily discussed or popular. And then I also reached out on Instagram to ask you guys some negative effects that you believe are unpopular as well. So I'm just going to sort of explain those things, talk through those things, and dive into those topics. And then at the very end, I also have a list of positive effects because we don't love to be pessimistic here. Um, We just love to be real. So I'm just going to, I like how I said we when it's literally me. This is a one girl show. (laughs) Okay, so anyways. (laughs) So yes, we're going to talk about the things that I have listed and then I will dive into the things that you guys listed on Instagram, both positive and negative. So, to start with my list, so I wanted to, like I said, I didn't want to say things that were necessarily popular to talk about, so of course there are negative effects, negative effects like the fear of missing out, you know, FOMO, or cyberbullying, or these unrealistic standards, or things like that, and and I'm not trying to put those down in any way, shape, or form, because those are significant in their own ways as well, but they are more discussed. And so that's the whole point of this episode. I wanted to go into something that maybe isn't discussed as much. So the first thing I have is obsessive behaviors, how how it breeds obsessive behaviors. This is the really interesting thing to me is I think the obsessive behaviors sort of differ from each person to person. Personally, I see how it can affect how people want to be perceived and they obsess over how they appear on Instagram or on Twitter or whatever social media platform you are using. And so if I'm if I'm being super honest personally for me, something I notice myself having this obsessive tendency to do is to look through my own feed. Um, especially on Instagram, I will look through my own photos. And I actually have, Instagram only lets you have five accounts logged in at, the, at one time. And somehow I have accumulated like eight Instagram accounts between like with friends and then music accounts and then the mind menu and then school accounts and personal accounts and spam and everything above. Um, so I can only log into five, which is really upsetting for me. But anyways, sometimes that's really off the po- off topic. That's not necessary to know, but I thought you'd like to know. Um, anyways, so I have a tendency sometimes to, I will click on a different account that's not my personal account, and I will go look at my account through that account. So then it gets rid of, because you know how the formatting is sometimes different when you're looking at it as your account versus when you're looking at someone else's account. There are different things on the screen. It just, the format looks different. And so sometimes... And this is so stupid to say, especially out loud, but sometimes I'll go into one of my other accounts and look at my personal account 
and see what it looks like if I were someone else looking through my feed, like, for the first time. And and that's so weird to say, um, but it is an obsessive behavior, and you would think that, like, I say obsessive because it's not like I've done that once, and I was like, oh, cool, you know, that's how I look to other people. No, like, I'll do it weekly, I'll do it when I'm bored, you know, and that's not, that's not just for my personal account, too. I also have a music account, and sometimes I'll go back and I'll, I'll like, listen to these, these posts that have been posted, like, close to over two years ago, and, and honestly, like, it's okay to improve, like, honestly, I, I think personally that I am a better musician than I was two years ago, but I hate going back and listening to old posts sometimes, because I'm like, oh, it does not sound good to me, I'm so nitpicky, I'm so, and flashback to last episode, I'm so perfectionist about, you know, how it sounds, and, and how it's perceived, and as strange as it sounds, for me, that is such an obsessive behavior and tendency that I have, and I know that I have it, and I'm trying to address it. Maybe I'm not trying hard enough, (laughs) but that is a way that obsessive behaviors seem to be present, especially on social media. And it, it, there's like a line. There's, there's a difference between being reminiscent about past memories. Like if I were looking through my Instagram, because I post a lot of pictures with friends and, and families from events that have happened in the past or, or fun friend dates that we've had in the past. And that's totally fine. And so there's a difference between being reminiscent and looking back and being like, oh, that was a good day. Oh, I haven't seen so-and-so in so long. I miss them. Um, or like just reflecting back on past memories. And then you cross that line and now you're becoming into the more obsession side of this platform where it's like, you're maybe not necessarily having all positive memories. It's it, your focus is somewhere else. It's not oh, focus on the memories. It's more focus on how I'm perceived for me. And I know that there are different ways that this obsessive behavior can be sort of displayed or put into different scenarios. But personally, for me, that's how I've seen it be applied because it happens for me <laughs> through my own eyes. <laughs> my other thing that I had was dependency. And then I drew, I wrote a little colon so that I could have a, like a subtitle to it. And, and by this, I meant that I feel like especially the younger generations, which I'm a part of, heyo, um, I feel like, and, and also some older generations too, just because of how things have started evolving as far as where information can be found and where information is more prevalent. But I do believe that there has become this dependency on social media and and I say dependency because there are ways where, like, you can feel that you're ignorant if you haven't been on recently, like, on social media, after you've become accustomed to relying on it. And there are people that'll do social media fasts, and I have know I know that I've done a social media fast before, and I've even tried the thing where you hide the icons to the app so you're not subconsciously clicking on them, because that is a true thing that happens. So, like, I put it in a folder in my phone, but I put it like at the very bottom. So not only do I have to go to my apps, I also have to click the folder and I have to scroll to the bottom. So I'm really aware that I'm opening the app when I do it, whereas when it's just on the front screen on my phone, then it's just like tap and oh, I'm here, might as well stay, you know? Um, So there's, there's definitely this subconscious just inclination to get on the app, 
but there's also this reliance that comes with that subconscious reliance on it, right? But my point is that because social media has become a place where a lot of information has found itself, not necessarily news or, you know, worldly information, but maybe more friends and family. Like, people aren't going to text you and say, hey, this happened today, or, or, or necessarily tell you in person, because we don't, I mean, let's be honest, we don't see a lot of people in person anymore, but you do, you do post those things, and you do sort of expect the people that follow you to see those things, and there's sort of this presumed knowing of what you've posted. I sort of presume that all of my friends know that I went on this trip or I went to this place or whatever just because I posted about it. And so you're a lot less likely to be told things. And so if you're not on social media, then you feel like you are becoming ignorant on those topics. Not necessarily ignorant as in being purposefully unknowing. Ignorance is bliss. But more of you just, you don't know what you think you should know or know what you want to know. I'm rambling on at this point, but dependency, I believe, is a big one. Big one. My last point, yes, I only had three, but I felt like these three were very important. And my last point was Breed's bandwagon culture. Yep, I said it. Breed's bandwagon culture. So let me explain that a little bit. So... I notice a lot, especially on Instagram, um, if, if you have Instagram, which I'm assuming the majority of the people that are listening to this do, Instagram has this feature where you can take a post that you have seen on your feed, you know, from a friend or just on like the search bar or wherever you found it on the platform, and you can press the arrow button or the send or the airplane or whatever you want to call it, and you can send it to your story. And then when people are looking through in stories at the top of their feed, they'll come across your specific story that has a picture of a post, which they can then click on, and then it takes them directly to that post. And they can watch it, or whether it's an Instagram TV, or whether it's just a video or a post or whatever, they can have access to it almost instantly just by looking at your story. And something that I have noticed becomes so common through social media and especially on Instagram is this instant click accessibility to posts makes things more likely to be popular and and trendy. When you have a post that's being very trendy and you see a lot of people have posted this on their stories, a lot of people have liked this specific post, then you are more inclined to believe it which breeds this bandwagon culture. And it's so easy to have these graphics that you can see as that people have posted without sources and you can see that they're fancy and they're aesthetic and no one's, you know, no one's saying that they're not pretty or that they're not aesthetically pleasing. But what I am saying is that without sources, I'm less likely to instantly believe it. But I believe that bandwagon culture, especially on social media, has has bred this likability and more inclination to believe posts that look fancy and aesthetic just because they look fancy and aesthetic and are trendy. And, you know, in person, there's this whole, oh yeah, the other day, well, I heard that, you know, such and such and such happened. 
there's now this, oh, well, I saw that such and such and such happened. It's just as unreliable. <laughs> just because you're using a different sense of your five senses doesn't make it any more reliable than the next when you're referring to saw as something that you saw on social media. And if there's not verifiable proof to it, then I'm not going to want to believe it, right? I want to believe things that can be proven and can be factually given to me. <laughs> Give me sources, all right? Prove your point. That's something that I, I want to believe that, that a lot of people agree with. They're not going to just willy-nilly go around believing everything that they hear. And, you know, going back to the phrase, well, I heard that such and such. If someone came up to you and said, oh, well, I heard so-and-so did such and such to so-and-so, then you know that that is by word of mouth. You know that that is a rumor and you know that that is maybe something that you should have proven to you before you go around spreading that to someone else. Whereas on Instagram, there is so much more, it's it's like a rumor, there's so much more willingness for people to repost it without factually checking what they're reposting. And I know, I know that there are people that will not do research and not look deeper into what this fancy graphic says and, and just post it because everybody else is. And then that's where the whole bandwagon part comes into it. It's just... It must be right because everyone else is saying it. It must be right. That is where it becomes just as dangerous as spreading rumors. Because it is a rumor if it's not true. That's the definition of a rumor. Spreading something that is not true. And that is where social media can become so dangerous. Is when we are so willing to be ignorant. And that ignorance gets disguised as intelligence. Just because it has a fancy aesthetic to it. If someone handed you a book and it had 10 chapters in it. And each chapter was about something that you personally did not agree with. Wouldn't you want to ask the author questions about those chapters? Wouldn't you want to push back on the author's narrative and say, hey, I hear where you're coming from, but have you considered this? Wouldn't you want to dig deeper and figure out which one of you is right? Because I know personally, I don't want to just live in the wrong. I love being right, okay? But that doesn't mean that I'm going to be ignorant when I'm wrong. There's a difference between wanting to be right and ignoring that you're wrong and then wanting to be right and, and correcting yourself when you are wrong because you want to be right. I mean, no one willingly wants to be wrong. And, and there's that difference. Again, there's that line. So if we are just willingly jumping on this bandwagon culture that is bred by social media and fancy aesthetic graphics and whatever, then we are becoming the culture that is willingly wrong. You're not pushing back on the narrative. You're not asking questions. You're not probing even further and asking if maybe they have considered this. And that is where it becomes dangerous. Anyway, I'm going to move on. <laughs> I feel like I could talk about this for maybe a million years. This is me turning my pages. Okay. So I have asked you guys questions like I talked about on negative effects of social media that are unpopular. And so there were there were a few responses. Some of you guys said essentially the same thing. So I'm sorry if your response was not included in this word for word. Um, it's just because someone else said something pretty similar and I didn't feel like saying it like five times. So I have a few reasons that I will now list off. So the first person that responded said, overthinking about the smallest things and thinking one of your friends doesn't like you if they stop liking your posts or something simple like that. And this, something that I find really funny 
not funny as in, haha, funny as in, hmm, that's interesting, is that this person said, literally this is word for word what they said, and thinking one of your friends doesn't like you if they stop liking your posts or something simple like that. And I think it's so funny that we admit that it's simple, but yet we all still do it. Maybe not all of us. A lot of us still do it. A lot of us still read too far into things or, or analyze situations too closely. And, and social media lets us do that, right? And in person, you're not going to have time to look at every single person, look at their facial expressions, see if they really liked what you said or not, see if they, you know, disagree with you, see if they like you, see if they understand. Like, no one has time to look at a room full of 500 people and analyze each of their faces and, and, and discern what their reaction was after saying something, right? But on social media you can say something you can post something and then you can look at all of the people that saw that post and you can determine which one of them liked what you said or posted which ones of them didn't which ones of them felt the need to respond which (laughs) there's so much that you can read into and analyze through social media and you're right you are right that can definitely be an over overthinking problem and that I would say is pretty negative. The next person says social media has made the little confidence I have decrease significantly, which I'm sorry that you feel that way. And also person that sent this because you know who you are. I know you and you should be totally confident. All right. You are beautiful. You are kind. You is, what is the quote? You is kind. You is smart. I'm quoting this wrong. Let me look it up. I'm looking on Google. Okay. You is smart. You is kind. You is important. Okay. So you, girl, you should have your confidence. Be confident. But I I do agree. That is something that I can attest to as well. I think that we are, and here's the thing. Sometimes it helps boost confidence. Sometimes it does. But I think when we become too reliant on other people to boost our confidence based off of their reactions, that is what causes our confidence to ultimately go down. Because what happens when maybe it wasn't even that people didn't like it, just nobody commented, right? Then you're like, oh, no one said you look pretty today. No one said that they like my outfit. No one said, like, things like that. Those just as easily, just the absence, this neutrality can be something that can lower our confidence. The next person said, me becoming overly obsessed with looking at memes. (laughs) Um, My response to this person is (laughs) LOL. By the way, (laughs) this is totally off topic, but the other day I was thinking about how, you know, when we respond to things, you know how there's this thing where girls, I mean, it guys do it too sometimes, but it's the majority girls that'll do it through text is when like we add extra letters to things to sort of soften the blow of what we just said. Just be like, anyways, with like five S's or something like that. That's something that girls tend to do. Something we also tend to do is add LOL to things for the same reason is to soften the blow and not necessarily soften the blow. It's not like we said, you're dumb, LOL, right? It's not like we're like, you are the stupidest person I've ever seen, LOL. Like no one, not necessarily like that, but in the sense that because there's no tone and expression when you're typing through text messages, then we feel like we're coming across too harsh. Oh, they're going to think that I'm being mean when in reality, I'm just saying, yes, that sounds great. You know, if you say, yeah, that's fine. It could be like, yeah, that's fine. 
Or it could be, yeah, that's fine. But you don't know because it looks the same through text. And so that's when we tend to add LOL or haha or something like that to the end of a text. Well, LOL is typically all lowercase. The, you know, more and more I see it now, it's it's people typing in lowercase, which is a whole other topic on itself. I mean, I think lowercase, all lowercase looks more uniform and I like it, but that's besides the point. Anyway, LOL looks like a zero in between absolute value signs. I will have to post this on the Instagram account for Mind Menu because I just, I can't look at LOL the same anymore. It looks like an absolute value sign, you know, in math where like, you know, the absolute value of, of negative two is two, right? The absolute value makes it so that it's always positive. It's the same number, but always positive. <laughs> LOL looks like the absolute value of zero. And I just, I can't not look at it that way anymore. I'm sorry. It's, and now you probably won't be able to unsee that either. So you're very welcome for that. Anyway, continuing on after that very off-topic discussion, the next person said, it brings people's self-esteem down from unrealistic body images, which again, this sort of goes hand in hand with a little confidence thing. Here's the stupid thing. I think we all had issues with this already, right? I feel like we all... I mean, because it's not like we don't see what other people look like. I mean, when you're in person, you notice what a person looks like. Um, That's how you recognize them. I think it's so... I don't know what word I'm really looking for, but when you see a person in person and and you notice what they look like and you feel like they look better than you then yes you're you know chances are you're going to feel a little self-conscious chances are you're going to feel that you are less than but the sucky thing that comes with social media is that the majority of the time when people don't feel comfortable with how they look they don't feel like sharing it right like i mean if you have to go somewhere There's really not much you can do to hide the fact that you don't feel comfortable. But when you're at home and you don't feel comfortable, all you have to do is just not show people, right? You just, you just don't tell people what you feel like, what you look like that day. And that is where there's more posts of people who look good because that's when you want to post is when you look good, when you feel confident about yourself. So that's where it becomes different because I was sort of thinking about this. Why is this so different? And maybe this really isn't that much of a revelation. I just had to understand why it was so different now because of social media, because it's not like we weren't seeing each other in person before social media was so prominent. But when you see people I mean, you can't, you can't Photoshop your body in person, right? You can't, you can't Facetune yourself in person. And that's, that's something that you can do on social media. And even though I don't really think it's as common as, you know, on normal people's posts, an average person's post, I don't think an average person typically Facetunes or Photoshops that much these days. But I do believe that there is that, that gap, that divide, because I mean, it's just common sense. People are going to post what they feel confident in. So, so just the thing that I would recommend, because I know, I know a lot of us struggle with it, myself included. And the thing that I would recommend is just, if you ever see something where you're just like, dang, I wish I was as confident as that person. I wish I looked as good as that person. I wish I, or maybe it's a talent. Like I wish, I wish I sang as good as that person. I wish I could I don't know, play drums as good as that person, then that's when you have to sort of step back and and remember that that's not that person 
every day. Some people really are just <laughs> seemingly always runway ready for some reason, and that's just how they were made. They sort of fit into that societal mold, and you know, good for them. Also, you have to be able to recognize that for the majority of people, that's not how it is. They're not going to post when they don't feel comfortable, so just remember that that's them on their good day, just like when you post, it's you on your good day. The next person said, consumes so much time, like actually so much, which I agree. Literally, the thing that can get me the most is watching YouTube because the videos are longer and then you're sort of, you're like, oh, well, I've only watched three videos, but then in reality, they were all like 20 minutes long. So that's something that can suck you in, but uh, like for Twitter, it's so easy to just keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling through miles long of comments on tweets. It's so easy on Instagram to go to the search page and find all of these posts, which ironically enough are just reposts of TikTok. <laughs> like I don't even have TikTok and I've seen so many TikToks. So that's really exciting for me. But yes, I totally agree that that is something that consumes so much time. And I even, I know that I have a problem with it. And so sometimes I, not sometimes, I have a reminder on my phone, like Instagram specifically. I don't know about other apps, but I know for sure Instagram lets you set a reminder on your phone that, that says, hey, you've been on Instagram for this long. And I have it set for 45 minutes. And I know for sure I click the decline button every time it comes on. The next person says obsession, using it as a distraction when you don't want to face something. Which, if you remember, me turning my page again, I said obsessive behaviors before. And so I'm glad we agree. Yes, it can be used as an obsession. And like I had mentioned, sometimes we subconsciously click the button and I know I'm not the only person that does that, but that is something, you know, you want to know a funny story I did one time. I realized that I was getting so addicted to, I think it was, it was Instagram. I don't think it was Twitter. I was getting so addicted to it because it was so accessible on like the front screen of my phone. And so I moved it, like I told you, to like a hidden place on my phone, like something I had to really search for. And then I put the version, the Bible app in its place. You have no idea how many times my body subconsciously opened the Bible for the next week. It was great. <laughs> Anyways, so yes, obsession, using it as a distraction when you don't want to face something. That is also true. I think especially right now, there is a lot that I don't necessarily want to address with people um, because I feel like there is a lot of controversy and a lot of just overall hate when it comes towards a lot that's been going on right now. And so a good way to distract myself is YouTube and Instagram. So that's what I've been doing. How about you? So the next one I have is decrease in productivity and energy throughout the day. Very true. When you're addicted to your phone, when you're addicted to the social media aspects of it, then you are not going to be productive. Something that I find sort of helpful if you're trying to get onto the more productive train, and also I know it's not good for my eyes, right? I know it, it can't possibly be good for my eyesight to be staring at blue light for forever, and there's only so much that really helps when you turn on the blue light filter, right? Like you still have to 
not look at a screen. So something that I find is helpful to sort of be that gateway to being a more productive person instead of scrolling through your feed is to do more listening than watching. And like I said, this isn't a replacement, but this is a good gateway to being more productive, especially podcasts. That's part of the reason why I love podcasts is because I can turn it on and then I can just listen to it and then my eyes are free to do to do whatever. They don't have to look at the screen, right? I'm free to get up, do laundry, be productive, get some work done, get some schoolwork done, you know, practice something. Like I'm free to do those things that I wouldn't be able to necessarily do as effectively if I was forced to look at my screen. Also, just YouTube videos. If there's something that is like a discussion that you can just listen to, that's great. Where you don't have to look at the screen, that's great. So finding ways that you can sort of remove one of the senses that is required in this obsession, I think is very helpful. The last person that said something is, it makes sex trafficking easier for predators. Um, Yeah, I do know it is a very prevalent problem, and I do know that that's something that we need to be more aware of, um, just everyone in general, and and educate ourselves on. (laughs) It terrifies me when, I'm sure you guys have seen this too, where there are posts where it's like, if you see this on your car, like, get away if you see if you see this don't even mess with it like it's a trap and those types of things I feel like you see one of those every other week and it's like well dang what if what if something actually just accidentally happened to my car I'm just gonna leave my car and and like I just it's so it's such a scary world that we're living in sometimes and it's so odd to me that my life so unaffected by things like that but yet things like that are so prevalent and it's the scary thing is that things like that go untalked about a lot. Um, I've been to like a few conferences about things like that and and about sex trafficking and and stuff that goes into it that maybe we don't think about or maybe we don't necessarily acknowledge. <sighs> there's there's so much that you could unravel in this, but yes, that is definitely a big negative that can come from social media and just just websites in general anything online on the internet that is a very scary realm to dive into. So on the positive side of things, that was a lot to take in. Um, The positive sides, I asked you guys some positive effects and here they are. So this person said, being able to share your life with relatives and friends who you don't talk to often. And then someone else also said, you can connect with family and friends you haven't seen in forever or with new ones. And so yes, that is something that I believe is is very positive. I don't think anyone's declining that that is a positive aspect of social media is being able to keep in contact with your friends. I recently, I wouldn't say recently. How long ago was it? One, two, two years ago. Okay, two years. Yes, so I'm starting my third year now. (laughs) Math. I'm starting my third year now at my new school that I I transferred to two years ago. So I've I've been in that process of, of changing schools, and it really wasn't even that far. It was literally the next district over. But still being able to stay in contact with my friends that I don't see every day anymore because of school, that has been such a blessing and and I've really been appreciative of being able to stay in contact with them and still sort of understand what's going on in their lives um you know maybe not through a very real perspective but at least have a little bit of knowledge about you know the things that they get to do and and get be a part of the other person said communication and validation I really love the Asian on the words I, I really appreciate a good rhyme 
Um, also, big words. Love the vocabulary. You, <laughs> you are SAT ready. Anyways, so the communication and validation, I agree. Communication, I sort of just talked about with as far as I was, you know, I transferred schools, and so now I've, I've been able to stay in contact with a lot of people. That has been really great. And also validation. I really don't know necessarily what... There's so many things that could sort of be covered by the validation term that you're referring to, but I do agree um, how I interpreted it, and maybe maybe this isn't how you meant it by validation, but validation as in knowing that there are people that are supporting you, and it's so much easier to see the people that support you now because it's so easy to just comment something, um, and also not necessarily just support, but when you post something where you feel confident in, right, like we talked about, and people comment on it, then you sort of feel validated that, yeah, I did look good. Like, you sort of search for that validation, which can be a slippery slope at times. I'm not going to deny that, but yes, there is some validation that comes with that. Maybe that wasn't even how you meant it. That's how I interpreted it. Okay, so the next person said, being able to tell my friends they are pretty. (laughs) Yes, um, that is very nice. It's so easy to say, hey, pretty, you know, which also, this isn't really off topic, but it's not necessary in this conversation. But I think, I think it's so weird and so funny when people comment on people's posts where it's like so simple, all lowercase, like one word, just cute, pretty gorgeous, beautiful, or something like that. Like, I am literally the person that's going to type in all caps and send, like, 10 different emojis, and and then there are people that just go, cute, pretty. I was like, really? That's, I don't know. I think it's so funny to me, so odd, because that's just so not natural for me, and so when people comment things like that, I feel so inclined to just reciprocate their energy and just be like, thank you. <laughs> Maybe even add a little period. <laughs> Okay, anyways, you get to know about people's lives and what's going on. Yes, that is a lot that, again, going back to, I transferred schools. I don't know if you knew, but I transferred schools two years ago. Anyway, sorry, I keep saying that. Um, But yes, you get to stay in the know about people's lives, especially family, um, getting to know what's going on when you don't necessarily live super close to a lot of your family, because that's the case for me. I, a lot of my family lives about over an hour away, an hour to two hours. So I have some local, but a good majority of them do not live close by. So it's still nice to be able to see, you know, what's going on, how, how they're how they're doing. Uh, this person said girls hyping up other girls in the comment section. Woohoo. <laughs> yes, I agree. That is definitely something that is nice. Hype. <laughs> Hype is a positive effect. <laughs> Now, this person said sustained slash new friendships, which again goes a lot with, (laughs) I don't want to say it. So, you know, when some people move schools, maybe not me, (laughs) when some people move schools, it's nice to have a platform where you can stay in touch with old friends, but also make new friends. Meeting people I never would have otherwise. Yes, that is goes hand in hand with what the person before you said is new friendships. And then the last person said networking with people all around the world and learning how to improve your skills, which I have a friend, shout out Andrea, <laughs> who, um, networking. 
<laughs> we had a conversation about the word networking and how, I mean, it's just a really fun word to, you know, sort of put into a conversation, put into a sentence. It's just, ooh, sounds so professional. So anyway, networking with people all around the world. Yeah, that is something that I think is really exciting um, and also just really beneficial. I mean, you get to be in contact with people that maybe necessarily wouldn't have never heard of you before, which can also be a dangerous thing, I'm not going to lie, but there are some positive aspects that come from that, from some new friendships and all that. All right, so that was really fun. I really enjoyed this conversation, and that is all I have on this topic. I feel like I could have gone more into the uh, breeding bandwagon culture, but I decided for the sake of time not to. So anyways, if you guys enjoyed this episode, you guys can follow this podcast on Mind Menu Pod on Instagram. You guys can also follow my YouTube channel at Michaela Millington to stay in the know and see episodes there if you prefer YouTube. And uh, yes, don't be afraid to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. And I will see you guys next episode. Have a lovely, lovely, lovely week. Also, maybe try social media fast. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, bye.